What a great joy for me to stand before this morning. And uh, it's a great privilege. I always take it as a privilege given by the Lord. And, and especially when I come to this church, I feel at home. Uh, thank you so much for the warm welcome and acceptance of me as one of uh, among you. And especially I give my special thanks to uh, Mr. Andrew Rain, who has been in a great blessing for the mission. And uh, she, he is our administrator in the United Kingdom. And Andrew is being used by the Lord for the, uh, the promotion of the mission in this nation. And also I would like to thank to all the leaders and the pastors of this ministry. As many of you know, personally, as well as some of you have already visited India and had seen what we are doing in the nation of India. And I really appreciate you for your love, your support, your encouragement during the past. But today I stand here to update you about the Mercy Mission Ministries. As you know that uh, after the storm, as I was after the storm, the Lord blessed us a lot. And the God has uh, taken us into another level of ministry. The Mercy Mission has been developing, has developed in every area of our involvement. And of course, um, the church planting is our one of the main ministry we reach and reach the people of the nation of India. And the ministry has gone into different other states uh, of India than the, what we had the last time when I came. We have ministered, started ministering uh, to the unreached groups of people in two other states of India, uh, which means uh, the, today we have ministering about nine different states of India. And the Lord is working uh, you know, the, in great things through this ministry. And the hundreds of churches are established, hundreds of house churches are established. Nearly about 370 missionaries have sent from this mission and the Bible training program that we have. They're working in the different languages of India and uh, preaching the gospel and bringing hundreds of people to the Lord. Let me tell you so far, uh, as the ministry is reaching, uh, the Lord has given us more and more uh, what we could the desire and hunger to see more things done for the Lord. It's not um, that we are going to be settled with what we have. And the Lord is telling us to keep moving. So we are trying to reach into other states of India, other parts of the nation, and even to the Nepal. And as well as a new opening has come in Sri Lanka. And the Lord is taking us, uh, the mercy mission uh, into the other neighboring countries. Oh, Nepal, I have two workers or missionaries serving with us. And Sri Lanka, one I just started recently, and I'm going there, if possible, in month of uh, September to meet with our other uh, people there uh, to see how God is going to take us into the mission field there. There are so many Indians living uh, in, in Sri Lanka who are not reached by the gospel, so we thought we'd like to involve there too. And uh, that's the church planning ministries, and the Bible college and the training up of the leadership the program is going on uh, very well. As I already mentioned last time, there are hundreds and hundreds of people involved in this ministry from across the world. It's not only in India, definitely there are prayer groups established in different nations of the world. Today we have prayer groups in Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, Fiji, Canada, and United States, and here and some other part of the world, in Nepal and, and other part of India. Let me tell you, the Lord is so faithful. And I believe when God calls someone for his ministry, the provision is in the call. I always say provision is in the call. You don't need to wait for it. God has already provided. And if you obey the word of God, I'm sure in time, 
when you are in the time of need, he will be providing. And it is so true to us. The last year when I came, I was sharing about the storm that came on our way and we were struggling to get back on our feet and doing the Lord's ministry. But let me tell you by now, I can say we spent more than $200,000 worth of money on the campus to develop the campus. Don't ask me where the money come from. Even today, I don't know. Even my admin, our administrator, Andrew Rain, doesn't know. People just send the money and even the people whom we never met, you know, never heard about. The Lord has been so kind to us in the time of need. We were really struggling. We didn't know what to do about it. But God intervened and today the Mercy Mission Campus has become far, far better than ever before. More beautiful. And not only the campus is developed, but also the ministry. Remember a few years ago I was talking about the Hindus are trying to uh, kill our school, which means they were trying to pull out the children from the school. And we came up to, from 600, we came up to 250 students, which means all of the other children belong to the Hindus' family. They pulled away. And we thought, you know, school is going to be closed. That's what they thought. But let me tell you what they think is not what happens when God is in it. Today we are back on our feet. Today we have nearly 600 students again. And the school is thriving. Not only that this year, one of our students in the orphanage, that's brilliant. One of them have uh, gained 98.6 mark, which means that he became the best in the region. Even the orphan children whom people uh, write, off and write off and say that they won't amount anything. God can use people like that. Let me tell you, God is using this ministry. Today, the Mercy Mission, the orphanage has also grown today. At the moment, we have about 135 children staying on the campus. Plus, we have another 24 children taking the new place we call Mandangi Valley Project, which I mentioned some time ago. It's a tribal, uh, among the tribal area in the valley, we are developing a kind of project, uh, which is a small campus, just like Mercy Mission Campus. And now we have uh, leveled the land and we put some uh, fence around and put a gates to keep the animals away because it's in the middle of the forest. And it's meant for the tribal people who live on the mountains and those who have no access to the school or education. And we want to educate those children who are not privileged to have this education that others are receiving. So we just began to have two buildings there. And I know that we need more buildings like a school buildings. At the moment we are building two houses to accompany the children and the staff. And gradually we would like to establish the school there, which I believe is God's plan because God had given this desire seven or eight years ago in my heart. And I was praying that God miraculously brought forth the people who are interested in this kind of ministry. Today the ministry is growing. And, and apart from that, our Bible college and the orphanage and the other training centers like skill-based training programs, youth ministry, children ministry, all are growing. And we have nearly 4,000 plus children going through the Sunday school. Do you believe? It's only 18 years ago we began this ministry, but the Lord is encouraging us to care for the children. That's where God took me back to India to care for the children. Nearly about 4,000 plus children are going through the Sunday school program where we go to the villages and teach them the Bible and the morals of the Bible, disciplining them in the biblical, you know, the teachings. So the, the Lord is blessing and the, the whole mission is making a great impact in the whole area. Today it is a well accepted ministry in that area, apart from the, some other places where we are involved in. 
and of course we have challenges just like any other missions today especially with the new government which is uh, under Mr. Modi government we call we have a lot of challenges many Christian organizations are facing a lot of struggle in India but the government is trying to find fault in Christian organizations you know they are trying to find fault in organizations like us and to close it down because they don't want any conversion which is understandable because a Hindu predominantly a Hindu nation and but that doesn't mean the ministry is not going on God is still doing the work and the work is really growing as as much as the oppressors in the church is growing the ministry is growing in all corners of India I know it's also helping us to look into ourselves how to become self-sufficient because the one day will come I am sure if the Hindu the militants as well as Hindu you know, the, the group of people are trying to stop the missions in India or missionaries coming to India. I'm sure one day will come, they may close the door. But I'm sure that when they close one door, God can open 100 doors. Uh, that's happening in India. Already, we are looking into become self-sufficient. That's a part of us, the rice field project we call. And I know our friends here are trying a level best to raise the fund. We have raised nearly 40,000 plus pounds so far. We are aiming for 100,000. We need for rice project because we can feed hundreds of children and adults who are on the mission campus as well as the another campus that we are doing. Today we have 230 people living on the campus. We feed them three times a day. Uh, you know that most of it is rice. Rice is our staple meals. So please pray for this project and uh, see what God speaks to you and be part of it and be blessed. Another thing before I close my you know update, I would like to Ask church, please come or send a team. Yeah, you had been to be with us for a long time. You came last time, I remember, to the powerful meeting that we had with the children. Hundreds of children got saved through that VBS programs. And I, I invite you to bring a team or come with a team and, uh, the, you know, bless the ministry with the talents and the giftings that God has given to you. We really have quite a lot of opportunity for the youth meetings, children ministry, adults ministry. We call these the, the leadership seminars for the leaders. The about 1,500 plus pastors were registered into these seminar programs every year. We welcome you to come and be with us and see what God is doing and be part of it. Always the door of mercy mission is open for missions. Please come and be part of it. The Lord is doing great things. Now I would like to show you a few pictures. Brother, could you please put that pictures for you to see? Then we will come to the word of God.
Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for watching that uh, video. I'm sure it must have given you some kind of idea about where we are in our mission. And the Lord has been so faithful and so gracious to us. And um, before I begin, I would like to say there are some leaflets and some books available. Some children's sponsors forms are there. If anybody would like to look into it, and please, after the meeting, don't run away. Please have a look and see how God is, you know, going to use you to be part of this ministry. Today morning, I was planning to take a message. I prepared and came, but unfortunately, I came to know that the time is very limited, only 15 minutes. To me, as an Indian, to preach in 15 minutes is very difficult. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I won't take more than the time that is given to me. In the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35 to 41, I would like to open your Bible and see the passage there. The story here is the story of the storm. What I would like to talk is the one night upon the sea. And uh, it had been a long and a difficult day for the Lord Jesus Christ. He had sat in a ship, in a boat, just off the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And he had used that ship as it's a pulpit to preach the word of God. And the Bible says, and a bit later, that when the day was over, that he called the disciples to set sail for the, on the other side of the lake. When darkness fell, the disciples were making their way across the little lake. While they were headed for the other shore, as we know that what happened all of a sudden, unexpectedly, a storm came on their way. Most of these men were used to being in the Sea of Galilee and the well-expert and seasoned travelers and the sailors. Yet that storm took them surprisingly. They got confused and uncertain. My dear friends, this is just like a story of our lives. We are on a journey, just like in the sea, sea of the world. All of us are sailing across. We know that we are promised by the Lord that he will take us on the other shore. That is the promise is given to every individual who came to the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone who believes in Jesus Christ will have that privilege. And it's a promise given by the Savior, the Lord himself. But it was the Lord who, who said to the disciples to go to the other side. They experienced the Lord's power. But the, this story tells us a few things. There is a sense in which we are all involved in a journey today. We are sailing towards this unseen port. We have not seen it, but we know that we are going there. We have a dream, we have a vision. As we sail, storms will rise and toss our little vessels. Once in a while, it is going to happen. It happens sometimes very often too in some of our lives. We will often think the storms are going to destroy us. I want you to know that your storms were not sent to destroy you, but to develop you, to mold you and shape you for the purpose for which the Lord has called you into. Let's join the Lord and his men as they spend one night upon the sea, making their way across the Sea of Galilee. I want to point out the priceless observation from this passage and the preach. And not share something that I believe God is going to touch our hearts today. First thing I would like to notice here, it was a night 
of a great dangers. It was a night of great dangers. My dear friends, as Jesus and his men sailed across the Sea of Galilee, that night they found themselves engulfed in a terrible storm. It would like for us to examine the storm. Let's just examine a bit of time about the storm. One of the studies says, first of all, the suddenness of the storm, it was all of a sudden. Unexpected, there arose a great storm of wind. That's what it is written here. Storms like this are very common in the Sea of Galilee. Some of you have already visited the Sea of Galilee, I'm sure. Israel. The Sea of Galilee is unusual body of water. It is relatively small, 13 miles long and 7 miles wide. But it is also 150 feet deep. And the shoreline is about 680 feet below the sea level because the Sea of Galilee is below the sea level and is surrounded by the mountains. It is susceptible to sudden storms, unexpected storms. Wind sweeping across the land come up and over the mountains, creating downdrafts over the lake, combined with a thunderstorm that appeared suddenly over the surrounding mountains and water stirs into violent 20-foot waves. The sea can be calm one minute and another minute it can be violent. The storms usually do not happen at night. So these men did not set out in a storm and they did not expect one either. But a storm came anyway. This is our story. I don't know how many of you are going through the storm at the moment. May not be now. You may have gone through, you had your time. Even if you had, I didn't have, I believe. The day is going to come when you will face a storm. All of us will have to go there. Not. That is the way life is all about. Things can be fine one moment and the next, the bottom falls out. One minute you can be enjoying the fair weather. And the next you find yourself in the middle of a terrible and a horrible storm. One phone call. One 24-hour period of time is more than enough for you to get into the storm. One doctor's visit. One, one tick of the clock can turn around the whole atmosphere. This shouldn't surprise us. The Bible says that the storms will come on our way. Book of Job chapter 14. One says that we, the son of man who is the born of a woman has a full of troubles. Life is expected to have troubles and trials. Storms are part of our Christian work and life. I don't think anybody is going to be completely free from the storms. I'm not only feeling the physical but emotional, spiritual, social, financial storms are around the corner. We don't know when it is going to strike you and strike me. But it's a part of life. I had my fair bit last year. But I'm sure maybe there are some people still going through it. But Jesus says in John chapter 16 verse 33. Trials and struggles are part of your life. Jesus said. But don't worry because I have overcome the world. As long as you are in this world you will have to face this kind of challenges of life. Today, if I ask you individually, personally, 
in a counseling room, I am sure there won't be anyone left in this congregation who wouldn't have a problem. Who wouldn't have been gone through or going through a stormy life today. I don't know what to do about it, but let me tell you, the Lord Almighty intently sent them into the sea. It was not the plan of the disciples, it was the plan of Jesus himself. Let me tell you, after all, it was the plan of God, we have nothing to fear because Jesus said, you are in the world, but the world is not your place. In this world, you will have many struggles, many struggles, but nothing is going to destroy you because I am with you. I think that's a good news figure. Secondly, the, seventh, the severity of the storm, not only suddenness, unexpectedly it will come, it is so severe. The ship was now full. The second, that these seasoned fishermen are frightened by the severity of this storm. The ship is rocking and reeling. It is full of water and they are afraid it is about to sink. It was a violent storm. It was night time too. They could not see where they were or how close they were to the shore and other ships around them. from this is a, one of the terrible time of anyone's life. That you, when you don't know where you are and where you are not heading, where you are heading. When you cannot see the shore, when you cannot have that vision or that ability to know where you are heading, that's the days of uncertainty, the times of confusion, times when you get depressed, times when you get, you know, misled and maybe disarrayed. You may even say tracked. They were in terrible danger and they feared for their lives. Again, that is the like what we face in our storm of life. When they come, they are often severe and they cause us a great anguish and pain. The storms of suffering blow into our lives and devastate us with a heartache, sometimes heartbreak and turmoil. One problem will arise after another and yet another and another. Afflictions after afflictions, troubles after trouble. Many could testify about the storms of sufferings. Others face the storms of sorrow. Sometimes storms of suffering are storms of sorrow. I know someone you love is called away from this world and you left alone and you began to have this sorrowful uh, feeling in you and sorrow touches every life. I mean every human being will have to go or has been going through the sorrows. Jesus was in their boat and they were still afflicted by the storms of sorrow. I heard of a woman who was going through such a sorrow and she was so much saddened. She thought that she was the only one who go through that kind of troubles and pain of life. So someone said to her, there is a wise man in the city. So she went to the wise man and said, wise man, this is what's happening. I have such a sorrow that I can't sleep. When I close my eyes, I feel sad. I'm broken. I'm sad. I'm confused what to do with my sorrow. And he was so wise and he said, take it with you. He gave a bundle of feathers in her hand and said to this woman, you just go back to your village. Knock at every doors and talk to every person you meet. Ask them whether they have sorrow. They have sorrows in their lives. If anyone says they have no sorrow, give one feather to that person. So she went around. After a few weeks, she came back to the wise man with all the bundle of feathers still with her. You know why? She found sorrow 
is a part of human life. There's no one who had not gone through that sort of life. My dear friends, sometimes Satan wants to lie to you and tell you, it's your lot, it's you alone, go through it. Everybody else are happy. Most of the time, the happiness on the face of others are only making up. You don't know the truth. Many times we don't realize. We look at others, we compare ourselves with others. We think, oh, if I only I were just like that person or this person, let me tell you, when you get into that person's shoe, you will realize they are living a more horrible life than you. That's why we need to know. The sorrow is a part of life. Sadness and brokenness. Still others are engulfed in a storm of sin. When sin enters our hearts, it always comes in as a pleasant, calm breeze. It promises us best, but it soon delays its darker, displays its darker side. It will rip through your life, leaving a trail of damage and destruction that can only be repaired by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and his forgiveness. Some are in that storm today. Sin. So, the storms come as they bring them fear, anxiety, and pain. I just want you to know that there is no storm on the earth that the heaven cannot calm. Every storm of your life can be calmed by the heaven. There is no problem so great that Jesus cannot fix, okay? You may say that even God cannot fix my problem. I heard many people say. I don't know what the people in Britain say. In India, of course, they say. I heard them say, even God cannot help me. But there is no problem. There's no issues in your life. There's no pain and suffering in your life that my Jesus cannot fix. Please come to Jesus today. My dear friends, bring that storm to him, which his, I am sure him, deal with it. The source of the storm, we need to know what is the source of the storm? Where did the storm come from? It may have been natural that all, as I have already shared, the Sea of Galilee was susceptible to storms of this nature. However, it came at night and that was extremely rare. Usually storms come there during the day, but during the night it was extremely rare. God might have sent it. It's a possibility. He could have sent it this storm for the, the, the very purpose of teaching this man to trust Jesus. Or the storm could have been satanic in its origin. When Jesus calmed the storm in verse 39, said, be still. The word used there is a be still. It is in the same word, it is the same word that is translated, hold thy peace. In Mark chapter 1 verse 25. The word means to be muscled. It has the idea of muscling a violent animal. When Jesus used that word in Mark chapter 125, he was using it to command demons to be quiet. Perhaps this storm was an attempt by Satan to destroy the Lord Jesus. The Bible does not tell us the source of the storm. But the same storm in our lives can come from various sources. Sometimes the storms are our own fault. We do things that get us into trouble and we have to pay the price for it. You remember that Jonah was asked by the Lord, go. Jonah said, no. 
God said, whoa. Jonah said, oh. That's what really happened. Many times when we get into the troubles and we blame God, actually it is just because of the blatant denial and disobedience to the word of God. Then we just blame ourselves, blame God. It doesn't work like that. Sometimes God sends the storms. There are times God allows the storms. Why would he do that? Sometimes he does it to discipline us, to draw us closer to him. This was the case with David after he had a sin with the Bathsheba. In 2 Samuel chapter you know, 11 and 12, we see that sometimes he does not, does it to teach us or trust him more deeply, just like in the lives of Job. My dear friend, this was the case of Job, that he had to force to endure the struggles of life. When God sends the storms, it is always to draw us closer. Once there was a little boy, and he was playing a little boat in a little pond of water, as he was playing, all of a sudden, boat began to drift away from him. As it drifted away, drifted away, and he found that he cannot reach it again. It gone too far, he couldn't get his boat back. All of a sudden, he reckoned in his mind, because he needed to get the boat back. So what he did, you know, he took a stone and thrown on the other side of the boat. And when he threw the other side of the boat, you know, that it just created waves. And each waves that created by each stone, began to bring back the boat nearer and nearer to him. Until he got the boat, he kept on doing that. Sometimes God allows you to go through the storms for that you will come near to him. God will never let you go. Because that is the word of God. God loves you so much. Even if you, you yourself get into the troubles and trials, you yourself into the mess of your life, don't think God is going to give up on you. You may have given up on you. Your friends may have given up on you. Your family may have written off you, but let me tell you, my God has not written off you. He's still working on you. He's still waiting for you to return back to the grace and the mercy and the love of God. And that's what our God is about. Secondly, it was a night of great doubts. Not like night of great dangers, it was great doubts. The great storm that, 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 that night was not on the, on the Sea of Galilee, but in the hearts of the disciples. The fact was that storm in the sea was great, but there was a greater storm in the hearts of the disciples. They were totally confused and totally, you know, the fearful and frightened. The storm on the sea whipped up a storm of doubts within them that threatened to down, drown all of them. While the storm is raging around them, Jesus is fast asleep in the back of the boat. They run to him, run to him and wake him up. The word awaken means to, to rouse from sleep. It was used to speak of a calm sea that was just beginning to be agitated. I believe the Bible is telling us that they went to where he was sleeping and they began to you know, shake him to wake him up. These men were terrified and have lost all hope of or surviving this storm. My dear friends, three things happened. First of all, they doubted his concern for them. This is what happened most of the time when you are in the middle of the storm. The doubt began to come into our mind, what God really cares for us. So they said, carest thou not? You don't do care for us, Jesus. This always happens. I don't know how many of us asked that question. God, do you really care for me? 
Don't you, don't you care for me, Lord? Why am I in this mess? Why am I not coming out of it? Why are you allowing this storm to engulf me and overwhelm me? I need to be out of it. They accused the Lord of not caring about what they were facing. Why this doubt? After all, they had already seen the miracles, wonders through the lives of Jesus. And they have already seen in the same chapter that Jesus conquering the devils. They have faced under the disease and the depravity. And they have seen the miracles one after another. Yet that was not enough for them to believe and trust in the Lord. They should have known that the same God who chased the devil out of the man, who healed the people, and who brought the people out of death is a powerful enough to control the storm. But they didn't have that enough faith. Mark chapter 1, verse 22 to 2 chapter 12. Now they were forced, they are faced with the storm and they are afraid. They should have known that a puff of a wind on a little pond could not throw the sovereign omnipotence, the almighty power of God. They doubted it. Do you know that their problem was they were looking at situations, not at the Savior. They had their thoughts on the facts and not on faith. Maybe that's what's happening with you today. You are allowing the situation to take control of your mind, your thought patterns. You are allowing Maybe the facts of life, but the doctors say this is it, this, 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 financial session say so, this, this, this reason, so you will never come out of it. Let me tell you lots of facts. If you're looking at the facts, but not the faith, if you're looking at the situations, but not the Savior, you will have the same problem. I will have the same problem. But the Lord taught me through the storms of my life, fix my eyes on Jesus. Even the whole world is against me. The whole doors are closed against me. Nothing to fear because I know my God is able. Come on, how many of you answered today this morning? My God is able. Come on, tell me. My God is able. Who is he? He is able. He is able and he can if he wish. I remember that the leper man who came to Jesus and said, Jesus, if you are willing, he knew that Jesus is able. All what he wanted to know that was well, Jesus was willing. Praise the Lord. I think that's something so powerful message there. Maybe you ask that person who is confused and not know what to do about it. Before we got too hard on this man, perhaps we should consider our own hearts. How there been times when the storms are raging in your life, that you have questioned God's concern for you, you might not have said it out loud just like them. But I'm sure there have been times when your flesh has cried, Lord, don't you care about what is happening to me? We have all been there at times. I just wanted to know today that he does care. He cares more than you could ever think or imagine. In Hebrews chapter 4, words 15 to 16, he talks about he cares and he is doing something about the situation because Jesus experienced and went through the trials of life just like you and me. Every pains, every path of life, every suffering that we go through, he had already gone through. He knows your feeling, he knows your hearts, he knows your, your, your fears, he knows your broken hearts. He knows everything that you are in today. There's someone who knows you. 
Your husband doesn't know about my heart. My wife may not know. Hey, okay, no one may know, but God in heaven knows who you are and where you are in your Christian life today. My dear friends, your situations may be very overwhelming. You may be totally confused, but let me tell you today, there's a good news. Jesus knows about your situation. Jesus knows where you are heading. Jesus knows what is his plan and purpose in your life. So don't be confused. They doubted his commitment, secondly. Not only his concern, but also his commitment to them. We have perished, they said. Remember, it was Jesus who had sent them out into the open sea. It was not their plan at the first place. It was Jesus. It was Jesus who had sent them out onto the sea in the first place. Then these men had left everything to follow Jesus. And now he had, has led them into an impossible, dangerous situation. They are afraid Jesus is just going to let them all die. Hey, Jesus did not save you to abandon you when the going gets a little tough or rough in your life. He's absolutely committed to you. And will never forsake you. As Hebrew chapter 13, verse 5 says, the word here says, leave. Leave means means. To let sink. He will not let you sink. The word forsake means that he won't abandon you or desert you or leave you under any circumstances. When the storm is raging, when your boat is rocking and reeling, let me tell you when the adverse winds are blowing against you, when the waves are crashing against your vessel, he will not let you sink. Because he promised, I will be with you. In fact, it was Jesus who sent them into the sea with an expectation. He knew what was going to happen. He knew the storms would strike. He knew the struggles would come. Even knowing that Jesus sent them, which means he had a purpose behind it. My dear friends, if you are called by the Lord, if you are sealed by the Holy Spirit, and if you are owned by the Lord, as the word of God says, you are owned by the Lord. You belong to Jesus. Nothing in this world can stop you from going ahead because God has a purpose for you. That's why he put you where you are today. You need to work out your life where you are today. And from there, he will lead you. My dear friends, that's what the word of God says. He will not let you sink. He will hold you up and ever, never desert you. Under any circumstance, the Lord Jesus Christ is absolutely committed to you. And the thirdly, before we go, we can see one more pass in the city of Jerusalem. The Bible says, once felt forsaken by the Lord. Here is what they said and what the Lord said in reply. But Sion said, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her suckling child? That she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yeah, they may forget. Yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hand. Praise the Lord. My dear friends, you are a child of God. You are graven in the palm of the Lord Almighty. In Isaiah chapter 49, verses 14 to 16, God says, And continually you are before the Lord. Even if God is still, you think Jesus is still sleeping, but let me tell you, the eyes of the Lord was upon them. They wouldn't know that. If the Lord would love the nation of Israel, whom he had redeemed out of Egypt, how much more will he love and protect 
his own church whom he has redeemed by the blood of his dear darling son, Jesus Christ. You are so precious. You are so priceless in the hand of the Lord. Never think he will abandon you. He will forget you. He will leave you. He will never, Jesus said, I will never, never, never leave you nor forsake you. That's more than enough for me today. They doubted his commands. Verse 3. Doubted his command to them. Let us pass over unto the other side. That was the command of Jesus. Jesus did not say, let's go into the sea. He didn't say that. He said, let us go on to the other side. Every promise of God is yes and it would come to pass. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Jesus did not say, and then you go into the sea and there you will face the storm and get sunk and that. No, you are not going to drown to death. Jesus had already told these men what was going to happen. He told them before the journey started, let me tell you, but Jesus know even before you put your first step of faith, what was going to happen later. You okay? He knows the end from the beginning. There's nothing that is hidden from you. He knows your tomorrow. He knows your future after 10 years. Every individual who is called by the Lord, God has called with that purpose. He knows your future. And he's the right person to give your life into. And let me tell you, but we are often no different. We are just like this disciple. The Lord has already promised us that everything is going to be all right. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, Now we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him, those who have been called by his purpose. Everything, good times and bad times, struggles and happy times and, 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 and the horrible times, stormy nights and the calm nights, every night, every time, every situation in your life is meant by God to do something in your life. My dear friends, in every time of your life, every circumstances of your life, believe he's with you. He's with you. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, Lord, I'm with you. And Jesus said, I will be with you till the end of the world. If we could just learn to take him at his word, that's all we need. To take the word of Jesus. Believe it. Believe it. We don't believe it, do we? You're always having the doubts. When we could face the storms of, then we can... Face the storms of life without any fear. Let me tell you, when I had this experience, let me tell you, I was so much confused as a human being. But the Lord spoke to me so clearly. God said, this storm is not for the destruction, it's for a blessing. Then I began to gather my strength in the Lord. And God began to bless. I don't know how God brought me out of it. It's all miracles, one after another. The Lord began to open the doors. God began to bring right kind of people on right time. God began to bring the resources what I need on time. I don't know how those people came into my life. I don't know how opened the doors for me. Even the places I've never been before, that God took me. During the past two years, let me tell you, the Lord has opened the doors everywhere I go. Not only in India, but also in Canada, in America, here, anywhere. Now I have invitation from a number of places. I don't have time to go. But let me tell you, it's all just because of the faithfulness of God. All what God wants you to be, stick with the word of God. Nothing else. Stick with it. Keep going along with the command of Jesus. Believe that he will never abandon you. He will take you to the other shore as he promised. My dear friends, once a young military officer and his young bride were married. They sat out on a honeymoon voyage. And while they were sailed, a violent storm began to beat against their vessel. 
The young bride became very frightened by the storm, but her new husband was not afraid. And she came, became irritated with him because he wasn't afraid like she was. After a while, he took his sword, pulled it out of its sheath and put on the point of the sword on the throat of his new wife, new bride. As she looked up at him and she began to smile. He said, you are not afraid? She said, oh, no, no. I'm not afraid of a sword when it is in the hand of one who loves me. My dear friends. And then she got the point. You don't have to be afraid of a storm when it is in the hand of the one who loves you. Praise the Lord. There is one who rules over and land and sea. There is a one who has the power to calm the storms and that raise against your life. You and I need not to fear the storm when our gracious, loving, heavenly father is on in, in the control. He is in control. Lastly, it was a great night of dangers. It was a night of great doubts. And it was the night of great discoveries. When they roused Jesus from sleep and he began to work, and as he said, as he did, they made some precious discoveries about Jesus Christ. I want to be quick here. My time is up. About the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. This storm that so terrified this man posed to no problem for the Lord Jesus Christ. He rebuked the wind and spoke to the sea. When he did, the wind fell silent and the sea became as a sheet of glass. Just as easily as he had healed the sick and cast out the devils. He was able to control the storm. Do you know you Jesus? Do you know who he is? Have you experienced him in your life? Once you experience, you will know that he will and he is able enough to control the whole situation that you are in today. There's no situation that cannot be controlled by the Lord. The Lord we serve still has the same power today. How many of you believe Jesus is same yesterday and today and forever? Praise the Lord. He is the same. If the Lord can calm the sea of the Galilee, he can calm the problems of your life. There is nothing that can overwhelm you or overcome you when Jesus is in your boat. When you, along with Jesus, is more powerful. Your storm is no problem for him. He can silence it with a word if he so desires. My dear friends, he may however desire to allow the storms to rage sometimes. When he does this, he is well able to protect you in the midst of the storm, just like the Chandrak, Mesek, and Abednego were in the fiery furnace. The Daniel, the, the den of lions. Struggles and trials, sometimes good allows in your life, but in the midst of the struggles, midst of the storm, God will not abandon you. He will protect you. Praise the Lord. That's why we don't need to be overwhelmed or confused about it. About the promises of God. My dear friend, not only the power of God, the promises of the Lord. Just as he said, they passed over. Mark chapter 5, 1. Say that they learned that he was good as his word. Jesus was good as his word. He promised they cross over. 
He is still, still is. He still is. Everything he had promised, he will do. Romans chapter 4, verse 21, the Hebrew chapter 6, verse 18. He will not back away from any promise he has made in this book. Okay? This Bible is the promise of God about the presence of the Lord. They need to learn. Jesus told them, Brandon, my dear friends, I want to close here. At the time he said, I really want, the Lord has a purpose. The purpose of that was, the storm told the men something, a lesson they could have learned no other way. No other way. Sometimes you cannot learn the lessons from the preaching on the Sunday morning. Let me tell you, you will have to go in the real life situation. We could say sin 11 in, in Greek, which means a real life situation, stepping into the real life situation. That's where, that's where your school of learning, okay? That's what Jesus takes you in. Sometimes, even if you are preached, you are taught hours after hours, you would never learn that lesson until you experience it in your life. Sometimes God allows it. It would have been nice if they would simply have believed him after seeing him do all the great things he did in chapter 1 and 2. It would have been great if they could have taken the things of the Lord did for others and applied it into their lives. If they could have said, you know, if Jesus can heal a leper, cure Peter's mother-in-law, cast out devils, heal that guy with the palsy and forgive the sins of the men, then I'm sure that he can take care of this storm too. But they seemed unable to process that information and apply it into their lives. So he sent them into this storm to teach them to trust him. My dear friends, I want to close here. I want you to close your eyes. If you don't buy you can even stand up. My dear friends, one thing is true. All of us are going through some kind of storm. Nobody knows what you're going through. Maybe it's a physical, maybe emotional. Maybe it's a relationship issue that you are facing. You, you are trying your level best to come out of it. But the human power, human abilities, human resources has a limit. But God in heaven is here today. Right beside you. He is here in the midst of the storm along with you. You are not abandoned. You are not alone. You are not left behind. You are not let to sink. God is here to take care of you. He concerns about you. He cares for you. He has a commitment to you because he said he will take you all the way to the other shore. It is his commitment to you. Never doubt the commitment of God. Never doubt the commands of God. Never doubt the promises of God. My dear friends, if you keep holding in the promises that given to you by the Lord Jesus, let me tell you, you will go to other shore and you will see the glory of the Lord. That's the desire of God about each one of us. Today, as I conclude, I just encourage every one of you, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and submit your life to him once again. Tell him, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to be what you want you to be. Jesus is here to give you the peace that you have never experienced. While they were fretting and fearing, what is the Lord doing? He's sleeping. Why he knows that he is in the center of his father's will. 
He knows that he will die on a cross and not in a shipwreck. He can sleep during the storms because he trusts his father to take care of him. Similarly, you know your future is in the hand of the Lord. Neither Satan nor the powers of this world. No, any forces of this world can destroy you. No one can snatch you out of the hand of the living God. You are sealed and owned by Lord Jesus Christ. May God bless you and send you in peace. May God's grace, presence be with you. That's all stand up. I know you are the one who needed this message today. I need it. You think that God has touched your lives and God is speaking to you? Not to give up. Not to give in. Not to look at the circumstances and thinking that this is the end of my life. Rather, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Fix your eyes upon your call and, the, and the, what we call the destiny that is ahead of you. If he is the one who promised, he will take you all the way. And he will take your hand and work with you, travel with you until you reach your destiny. Trust in the Lord. Let not the storms of life stop you from fulfilling the will of God in your life. Letting God fulfilling his desire and purpose in your life. My dear friends, thank you for listening to this message. And if you feel that you need to be prayed for, you come forward. We will pray for you. If you feel that you need to pray for your husband, your wife, your children, you need to pray for, or that we need to pray for your, the circumstances that need to go away from you because you've been suffering for many years. Go through these struggles and pains and uncertainty for a long time. Oh, it looked like never ending, but let me tell you, in the name of Jesus, you're free today. In Jesus' name, you are free today. All what you need is to believe and trust in the word of God, which says, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, there is a healing, there is a deliverance. In Jesus' name, you can be completely free. Come to Jesus today. In Jesus, God may bless you. Thank you so much for listening.